You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. Welcome to Sundays at Home. Uh, this is Pastor Dan, and I wish you all a very happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen. You know, really things that you can't do this in person. Uh, you know, I just thank you for sending in those videos. It was great to see everybody doing that. Um, I never envisioned that I'd be sharing an Easter message this way, and uh, just grateful for the technology that allows me to do this. We've got a lot to be thankful for. You know, I'm thankful for our pastors here at Life Tree. They're doing a great job of keeping us all connected, you know, calling and checking in on everybody, and keeping our teens and our kids uh, cared for. Thankful for all of our, our our branches leaders that are doing Zoom calls and keeping everybody connected and checking in. If you're not part of a branches group, I encourage you to do it. It's a great way to connect and. And just uh, and be able to talk about faith and process what we're going through uh, with everything right now. Um, so if, you have, if you're in a branches group, call your branches leaders and just thank them for what they're doing, for being so awesome. I especially want to thank Danielle Hernandez. She's our communications director here at Lifetree, and she's doing an absolutely amazing job of just presenting all this, of keeping us connected. She's the one who puts together Sundays at home and all the emails and the daily trees and, and just everything that's helping us stay connected, social media, everything right now. Danielle, I mean, what, what, what a great you know, timing we had. We, we hired Danielle just really a few, a few weeks before all this started, and uh, God knew what we needed. And uh, she's just doing an incredible job. So really wanted to say thank you to Danielle for that. Uh, we've got so many people to be thankful for, right? All our medical workers and... Uh, those are on the front lines. Pray for them. Continue to pray for our doctors and nurses and all our hospital workers, everybody who's there. Um, I want to thank you know everybody in our township. It's great to, to live in a town where our leaders care so much for the residents and just do such a great job of uh, caring. Continue to pray for them as they have that they would have wisdom to lead well. Thank you for all the township systems, the public works, and uh, all those things that continue to run and operate for our cashiers and food workers. Right, everybody keeping us fed, and those people that are continuing to go to work, not just for the job, but truly in service to others and in service of community. Thank you for what you're doing. Right, to whoever's making toilet paper, especially, I want to say thank you. <laughs> Keep doing it. Uh, to everybody who's making masks and dropping off things, and you know, making deliveries for other people and picking up groceries. Uh, thank you for what you're doing. For the parents that are, you know, right now just trying to do school for your kids, to trying to be teachers. Uh, we appreciate teachers. Thank you, teachers, for what you did. Thank you, parents, for what you're doing. You're doing a great job. You're probably doing better than you think you are. just want to say keep it up. Keep going. You're doing a great job. Your kids appreciate every effort that you give. Um, everyone, who's, you know, you know, for everyone who's called a friend and just checked in on a neighbor, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for checking in on people. Thank you for, for caring. Uh, I'm just telling you, right now at this time, nothing is too small. Whatever you're doing right now, everything matters. No matter how, how small it may seem, every act of, of, of kindness, of compassion that, that you have, whether it's a text, a call, an email, uh, a virtual card, greeting card, if it's you know, having something delivered to somebody's house, helping out in any way, whatever you're doing, listen, right now, everything matters. There's nothing too small. It's just been in my head this week. No act is too small. Now, and I want to thank you especially, church. Every time I call you or uh, you know, check in on anybody, you're always asking me how I'm doing. If you can do anything for me. That just reveals your heart, that you are who you say you are. And I'm just so grateful and honored and humbled that I'd be part of such a great community of faith. Thank you for what you're doing. Uh, and most, you know, I want to just thank you for your, your faithful giving. You're allowing us to continue to minister and support and partner with 
over 50 missionaries and organizations all over the world. Uh, those missionaries depend on us for their monthly support. So every time that you give, it's not just going in a bank and sitting here. We're, we're sending out we're sending out our, our same commitments every month. And so we're supporting missionaries globally who right now desperately need those, that, those resources. So thank you for your faithful giving. We're continuing to support things like the Robbinsville Food Pantry and Meals on Wheels and Mercer Street Friends and these organizations that are serving so many in need. And so every time you give, it's going out there to, to meet those needs. And so your giving allows us to keep being the church, to keep being the hands and feet of Jesus to those around us. So thank you for what you do in church. So grateful for your faithfulness and giving. And most of all, I want to say thank you for your prayers. Your prayers matter. God hears every single thing that you pray. Prayer, prayer is the difference between the best you know, that we can do and the best that God can do. It's a, it's a sizable gap. And uh, so I want to encourage you, keep praying. Keep praying, even when it seems like maybe you're not making much of a difference, when maybe it seems like I'm praying, but I don't know if it's actually changing anything. It is. Keep it up. Keep doing it. Your prayers might sound silly. They might sound weak. They might sound... Listen, if you could see how, how powerful and potent your prayers are, you would do more of it. Keep it up. Keep praying. Because our world needs it. Badly. Our world needs it so much right now. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy what we're going through. On so many levels, this is not an easy time. Right? Again, so many things to be grateful for, but this is not easy, what we're going through. It's, it's a dark time. If, you read all, if, you all, if all you read was the headlines, you'd think we're doomed. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a pretty hopeless uh, narrative coming out from, uh, from, from, from the, the news. Yet, I want to encourage you, God is revealing himself. See, in the darkness, the light shines. The light shines brightest when it's darkest. Right? This is a great time to be alive because we are getting to see God shine in the darkness. We're, we're going to get to watch how God redeems this, how God shows up and acts in acts in period of history where people are saying it's so, it's so, so grim. How could, God abs- how could God actually do anything good in this time? We're going to get to watch that. And God knew that we were the people that needed to be on the planet at this time in history to help him be light and shine in this dark time. So church, I'm grateful for you. I'm thankful for you. I'm telling you, keep doing what you're doing. It's making a difference. Keep praying. Keep letting that light shine. It matters. This is an Easter Sunday, unlike any Easter in in history, really human history. Never before has the entire world collectively turned their attention to one thing. Globally, right, we are all focused on this one thing. See, in dark days, what happens is when it's dark, everybody is looking for the light. Everybody is looking for the light. And that's what's happening right now across the world. Globally, the entire world, they are looking for the light. It was 2,000 years ago. This was a, a really dark day as well. Jesus was supposed to be the Savior. He was supposed to be the hero, right? The rescuer of the world. And everybody in this hope, we talked about it last, last Sunday. He was supposed to be this, right? This, this, the Messiah who was going to save everything. And instead, here, just a few days later, we find him lying in grave clothes, completely wrapped, a beaten and broken body, no breath left in him, lying in a tomb. Sealed by a stone guarded by soldiers. This was about as dark a day as it was going to get. Like today, the headlines were hopeless. But little did they know. Little did they know. Little people knowing at that time, that that day, 
that that third day after Jesus had been crucified, it wasn't just a day like any other day, but that day was going to be the day of all days. I'm not overstating it when, when I say that this was going to be the day, the defining day in human history. It was the day literally everything changed for humanity. Defying the laws of life and death, that heart began to beat again. And, and, and oxygen began to fill lungs. And muscles began to, to move and to twitch. And his eyes began to open. And as Jesus breathed, light burst into that darkness. And the stone began to roll away. And Jesus walked out of the tomb in what was easily the most profound moment in human history. It's impossible for me to capture, even if I had all of Hollywood behind me, and, and, and try to, to communicate what that day was like. We couldn't capture just the power of that moment. Right? With that single act, Jesus proved what he had promised, that he was the Son of God. He wasn't just a good moral man who had lived and showed us how to be loving and kind and nice to everybody. It was, he was so much more than that. He literally had conquered death and the grave. He had come back to life. Nobody else could do that. And it wasn't just for show. He wasn't just showing off. He wasn't like flexing, like, hey, you like that? You like what I can do? Hey, there's more of that. This wasn't a miracle just for the sake of showing he could. Jesus had a divine purpose to what he was doing. What he did that day makes as much of a difference for you and me today as it did for the people who watched it happen. See, this is, this is something that changed the course of history for humanity. One of my favorite people on the planet is a man named Ravi Zacharias. He is a, a wonderful, wise, kind, intelligent, probably one of the most well-spoken men of faith anywhere on the planet. And unfortunately, he has recently been diagnosed with cancer. And uh, Ravi wrote a, just some thoughts uh, to, um, to the church this week from his hospital bed. Just some thoughts and reflections on Easter. And I just want to read a quote from you. A quote from that for you. It says this. It says, Let us celebrate this Easter with gladness of heart. And let us not look for life among death. Because the grave is not victorious. It is the ultimate reversal of the fall. The ultimate cure. I'm just telling you, that phrase jumped out at me. The ultimate cure. Like, oh, when I read it, it just echoed in my head. Right now, the world is fixated on finding a cure for COVID-19. Globally, our attention, one thing, let's find a cure. And that's good. We should. We should absolutely be hoping to find a cure. Please continue to pray for the researchers and, and doctors and scientists and everybody who's working together, collaborating to, to develop a cure that's going to help people. We should absolutely be putting our attention towards that cure. Yet, especially on this unprecedented Easter Sunday, we must never forget this one thing. The ultimate cure for the human condition is Jesus. The ultimate cure for the human condition is Jesus. You might ask, the cure for what? No, Jesus didn't develop a, a vaccine for something, a virus like COVID-19 or a cure for cancer or HIV or any other disease. It wasn't like that. See, so one of the consequences of being home right now, of us all staying home, is that we can't hide. Right? Every button that we got has gotten pushed. Right? Everything, every, every hot spot has been, oh, I'm telling you, everybody is, is getting under our skin. Someone tweeted this. says, my wife and I play this fun game during quarantine. It's called, why are you doing it that way? 
And there are no winners. <laughs> See, without the buffer of busyness, without the activity of coming and going, of going off to school, to work, to activities here and there, it's an intense amount of time, a concentrated amount of time that we're spending with each other. And no matter how much we try and hide the, the ugly inside us, because just, it's just going to come out. We see a lot of the good coming out, but we see it all, the good and the bad. We're seeing, we're seeing everything, the good, bad, the ugly. And no matter how old or how young, how rich or how poor, how well, how healthy, right? if you're breathing right now, you're understanding, you're very in touch and in tune with your sin nature. We're all recognizing that we just have, uh, it's, it's easy to be irritable, it's easy to be annoyed, it's easy to be impatient, it's easy to be selfish, it's easy to be angry, to be easily angry, it's easy to keep score, to keep a record of what we're doing for other people. It's so easy right now to recognize that sin is just a reality of our human condition. And it's such an easy parallel with COVID-19, right? Adam and Eve got the virus first, and they passed it on to their sons, right? So they, they, their, theirs was, you know, deception and lying, and then they passed it on to their sons, and that was murder, and then they passed it on. And throughout history, right, it's so easy to pass on. We continue to have, so we're all now, we're born with it, right? From the time infants are uh, enter the world, they're born with a sin nature, right? We don't teach toddlers to say no, to run away and steal and to eat in secret and to hoard candy. That's just, sin nature is in us. We laugh at it, but it's a reality. We've come to accept it as part of our life, right? But sin is part of our human nature. And it messes everything up. Sin messes everything up. It, it corrupts marriages, right? It ruins families. It separates friends. It hurts innocent children. It abuses the vulnerable. Sin is a plague, and it's killing us. The reason any of us die is directly connected to sin. Right? It's, it's why there is sickness in the world. It's why we can't be together today. It's the reality. It's, it's a result of sin. It's why none of us live forever. It's because of sin. I'm not saying that this virus is sin. But sin has opened the door for suffering. And we've never been able to shut it. But then Jesus walked out of the tomb. And here comes the ultimate cure. See, I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to pay for my failures. That's called karma, right? You're supposed to carry your guilt and your shame. We're supposed to pay for our sins. Unless we've maintained perfection, right? We're doomed. This is what's supposed to be happening. You touch one thing with the virus, right? You're, you're contaminated for life. That's what's supposed to happen. And we weren't just touching things. We were rolling in it. We were, we were covered in it. But Jesus loves us so much. Right, that he became the ultimate cure for us. He lived that perfect life, right, and he deserved all the privileges and the rewards that come with that perfect life. Yet, he turned his attention to us who couldn't do that, who were incapable of living that way, and he provided for us a cure. And there's just a few things about that cure that we need to know. First of all, that cure was costly. It cost Jesus his life. This cure came at a cost. Hebrews tells us, because Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. Listen for the onlys. For only as a human being could he die. He couldn't die as God, so he had to become a human to die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. So he had to become a human, and he had to die. And only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. That's what we were. 
We were slaves to the fear of dying. And he had to have been human in order to die. And he had to die in order to break that power. And it was only that way that freed us. This was the only way. And Jesus stepped forward and said, I'm willing. One of the hardest realities in our current situation right now is the separation that we're seeing between those you know, who are suffering and those who love them. Hospitals, right? They can't be together in their time of need, in their time of suffering. Like families can't be with, with those in the hospital. They've got to stay home. They've got to isolate. They can't come in. So you've got people suffering in the hospitals and people suffering at home, and they're isolated from each other. In his great hour of need, Jesus knew that pain of separation. He knew the ultimate pain of separation. Matthew tells us that at noon, darkness fell across the whole land as Jesus hung on that cross until 3 o'clock. And it says at about 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice and he said these words, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And why, when he's saying, he's saying, for what purpose, God? What are you doing? For what reason? See, God turned his back on Jesus in that moment. Literally. It wasn't just figurative. This was actual. God had literally abandoned Jesus. He was isolated in his suffering alone. And God turned his back on Jesus because Jesus had taken on all our sin with him on the cross. And God turned his back on Jesus so that he would never have to turn his back on us. See, it was costly. Jesus was willing to accept all of that so that we could have the cure. The cure came at a cost. Right? Jesus loved you and me enough to pay it. He will never abandon you. It's a promise. He suffered so that we don't have to. The cure was costly, but he loved us enough to pay it. But the cure is also undeserved. Romans tells us this. When we were utterly helpless, again, think of those words, utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. You wouldn't even die for somebody who's good. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Romans 5.8 But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Think about that. While we were in our sin, while we were sinners, we weren't, we weren't especially great. We weren't even good. We were, when we were in the worst, you on your worst day, it was in that moment that Jesus hung on the cross for you. We make decisions all the time based on merit. Right? We give out masks to those who need the most. Right? We, we, we say who's the most deserving for these, for these resources and supplies. But Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. We weren't deserving of it. It wasn't because we had earned it. It was in our worst times. We did nothing to earn it. But the cure is it's undeserved. And Jesus loves you and me enough to offer it anyway. And finally, the, the cure is powerful. Right? Listen, listen for the change Jesus makes. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 says this. You were, think of the you were, listen to this, and then what it becomes. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. But then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the changes, of the charges against us, and took it away by nailing it to the cross. See, our, our sin buries us. There's no way out. We're buried beneath all the lies we've been told, all the lies we've told. Right? We're buried beneath it. We're, we're buried beneath all the selfish choices we've made, all the hurtful words we've said. But Jesus forgives everything. He paid our debt. He canceled the record. Right? The list of our sins were nailed to the cross with him. When he walked out of that grave, we walked out too. 
It's just this profound truth. Lee Strobel said this, Jesus Christ didn't come into this world to make bad people good. He came into the world to make dead people live. See, the cure is powerful because it does for us what we could never do for ourselves. It was costly. It was undeserved. But it's powerful. It's a potent cure. It changes everything for us. So what? Thanks, Pastor Dan. Happy Easter. I'm sitting on my couch. So what? If this season is teaching us anything, it's that life is fragile and we're vulnerable. And this day, this Easter reminds us that there is life-giving power in Jesus Christ. I love what the Apostle Paul said, a man who experienced that power firsthand. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, he said, Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. It's worthless. He says, For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. See, there's just something about his heart that resonates with me. I'm not interested, I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in just existing right now, right? Not in merely surviving. Right? And that's a, the tension we're living in because when we're sitting around, it doesn't feel like living Right? I don't want to just live in fear of death. I don't just want to you know, be afraid of what's going to happen. I want to know Jesus so well that suffering doesn't scare me. I want to know Jesus so well that no matter what comes, I'm up for it. Right? I want to know Jesus in such a way that everything else pales in comparison. Right? Today I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you today. Is Jesus your everything? Do you have that same heart that Paul says that everything else is garbage compared to knowing him? Is that you today? It's a real easy way to tell. Real easy way to tell if Jesus is your everything. Do you feel like you're really living? Where you are right now in this season, do you feel like you're living or just existing? Right? Do you feel like there is mighty power at work within you? If so, listen, that's awesome. Don't stop getting to know him. Don't let suffering scare you off. Right? It's one of the best ways to get close to Jesus is through suffering. But if you don't feel mighty power at work within you today... There's a possibility that you've got some garbage in your life that needs to get discarded. Because I'm telling you, he is the ultimate cure. And if you're, feeling, if you're feeling like life is not in you, that you're not truly living, then Jesus may not be everything to you. There may be other garbage, other diseases, other things that are just needing to get out of our lives. Right? There are, that you are maybe looking for other things to even be the cure. Maybe you're looking for a relationship to be the cure or financial stability, or, or physical fitness, or the approval of others, which are all fine things that just don't belong at the top. Perhaps you look fine on the outside, but inside you feel dead. You know that today if that's you. And if that's you today, I'm telling you, you need the ultimate cure in your life. Jesus didn't come just to make us nice and happy he came to give us life and life abundantly so that no matter what season comes, we feel victorious. He didn't go to the cross to graves so that we'd feel a little better about today. No, he died and gave his life so that we could have victorious life every single day in every season no matter what comes. One question for you. It's simple and it's easy to answer. And it's going to make all the difference in your life. I promise it will make all the difference in the weeks to come, in the months, in the years to come. For the rest of your life, this question makes all the difference. Do you believe Jesus is the ultimate cure?
Do you believe He can do that for you? Do you genuinely believe God can give you life? Because here's the thing, that cure, it was costly, but you're worth it. Right? That, 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 that cure was undeserved, but it's offered to you anyway. And that, that cure is powerful. And it can do for you what you can't do for you. You cannot manufacture that sense of vibrant life inside you. Do you believe that God can take what's dead in you and breathe life into it? Because that's what he does. He is a resurrecting God. The same power that resurrected Jesus from the grave can be in you. That same resurrection power. And nothing, nothing would give God more joy today than where you are on your couch or in your bed or in your kitchen or wherever you're sitting in your easy chair outside. I don't care where you are. Wherever you are listening to this right now, nothing would give God more joy than for you to accept His great love for you. 2,000 years ago, roughly, this day started in darkness, but ended in brilliant light. The same can be true today for you. This day may have started with darkness, but it can end with brilliant light. Right now, I want to give you an opportunity where you are to receive this gift from God. So would you pray with me? Would you pray with me wherever you are? God, we come to you today and we need you. All around us, so much is going on and it can be overwhelming. We're seeing how fragile life is. And we come to you, God, the author and the creator of life, and we know that we are sinful. All people are. And our sin only gets us death and suffering. But you love us so much that you sent your son Jesus to carry our sins with him to the cross. And you nailed our sins there. And when he came back to life, the power of sin and death over us, that power was broken. Today, we receive your forgiveness. We acknowledge it was costly, it was undeserved, and it was powerful. New life is ours right now through Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for being the ultimate cure for all of us. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, I always encourage you today, would you send us a note? I'd love to follow up with you. You can, you can reach out to us. You can email us whatever way. You can get in contact with us. But I'd love to just I'd have the honor of following up with you and, and talking with you more about this. I'm telling you, Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Darkness to light. He is the ultimate cure for the human condition. Always has been, always will be. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a day to be alive. God is so good. We love you, church. Can't wait to see you again soon. God bless you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com.